Okay, guys, let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to see everybody here. Good to have you watching online if you're watching. Uh, if you just tuned in for the first time, this is Central Church of Christ. My name's Dan Spake. I'm one of the elders here, and I'm going to teach this class, or try to, if I can keep them, keep this, them at bay. Anyway, uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3. You want to turn over there? And uh, truly, uh, truly glad that you've chosen to join us. And uh, if there's any way that we can help you, if you're watching out there, and if there's anything that we can do, please, uh, uh, please, uh, Give us a call. I think they're they're going to scroll the stuff on the screen. Uh, let them let us know what it is that we could do for you, and uh, and what you might need us to pray about. Uh, I don't have anything that uh, you know your wife's down this morning. Or? Told you yesterday. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Chuck, I ain't gonna tell him. I ain't say she had cataracts, sir. She's doing good. She's doing okay. Okay, but she's home. There you go. That's good. That's good. That's enough. Because she may be watching. No, I don't want. The, I don't want the ire of her. She don't know how to do that. She don't know how to do that. Okay. Yes. Judy's sick. Judy's sick. Well, I'm sorry for that. I like having her in class. Me too. She's a hoot. Yeah, we got we've got one down too. Trenton's down this morning, so. You know, hey, when you have kids, sometimes that's what happens, you know. Sometimes they get sick. Go figure. Our kids, when we were, before we became members of the church, our kids were never sick. We brought, brought them, bring them to church, they're sick all the time. Kids were always making them sick. So, so anyway. All right. Let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll get, we'll get started here. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We thank you, Father, for your watch and your care over us. We thank you for, the, for your son and what he was willing to do for us to give us a relationship with you. Father, thank you so much for all of that. Help us as we learn this morning. Help us as we navigate through the text. Help us to, to uh, open our hearts and our minds that we might be receptive to what we hear and what we see. And Father, then give us the courage to apply it to our lives. Father, as we worship this morning, we ask your blessings upon our worship. We ask that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable to you, and where it is not, that you'll fix that for us, Father. We pray a, a prayer again of thanksgiving uh, that we have uh, have this opportunity, this freedom that we can that we can join together and be together and, and worship and, and study together. Uh, Father, thank you for this family. Uh, thank you for all that you do for us, and thank you for your Son again that He made this this family possible. Uh, Father, we can't say thank you enough. Help us to live our lives in a way that shows you our gratitude. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Paul is warning here. Oh, I'm going to let y'all guys come on in. Okay. Paul is warning Timothy and the church at Ephesus about the false teachers that are going to be prevalent of the day. All right, He tells them in, in the very first part of chapter 3 that in the last day they're going to be very difficult and violent times. Well, I talk, we talked about last week that the violent times, we're in those times. We're in those last days. You know, when, 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 uh, uh, when Peter gets up and preaches to the, 
to the people that crucified Jesus in Acts chapter 2. He said, from, he quotes from the prophet Joel, it said, in the last day, and he said, he said, in those last, we are in those last days. So here we are, you know, looking at, at a culture around us that is promoting uh, and elevating uh, negativity, untruth, uh, violence, all kinds of things. And uh, these folks, he lists 18 different character traits for these folks that are going to promote this negativity. And uh, and promote this error in in uh, in law, and he said there are many many times they'll have an outward appearance of godliness, but it's not godliness at all. People are, are promoting they are they're they're claiming they're godly, but it's not godliness at all. They don't uh, they don't honor the truth. They don't have a knowledge of the truth. They don't understand the truth. Uh, they don't have an uh, they don't have a desire to understand the truth. Our responsibility is that we promote and we uh, and we learn. What is the truth? You know, even even uh, even Pilate told wanted to know what the truth was from Jesus. So, you know, when many times we looked at this, sometimes we find some of these character traits in our own lives. And I and I had a couple of questions that we didn't get to last week that I want to uh, I want to ask you today. Okay, how can pop culture today? How does the culture of the day promote these very attitudes and actions in people's lives today? How do they? How does it promote that? If you go back, I want to go back and just read these these character traits for a minute, and then we're going to move on with this. But he said, in the last day, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And my question is, how does pop culture today promote or even encourage these kind of activities and this kind of these kind of characteristics in people's lives? How would you say they do that? Everything we see every day. It's what we I see every day. It's it's music okay. On TV, it's in the newspaper, it's on the radio. So through advertisement, through through programs, you programming. You can't get away from. Okay, so you can't get away from. Yeah, you can't get away from. Anybody else? What What do you think? How does pop culture today? Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of uh, media now, especially when it's designed for children, uh, it's promoting a uh, moral gray. You know, oh, I like that moral no, gray. There's not right and wrong. There's just those with power and those without. Uh, there's also uh, the idea of self is the most important thing rather than uh, loving yourself is the most important thing rather than uh, any kind of uh, helping of others. Okay. Fine. How can we? Yes, sir, Aaron. This is the thing where they say, this is my truth. Like, where they, okay. This All is right. my, this is my okay. truth. Like, okay. You know, like, whatever it be, like, this is my truth. Okay. Whatever I am. You know, I identify. This is my truth. This is how I see myself. Is it is it important to uh, to know truth? Is it important? Real truth. I mean, real truth. I'm not. I'm not talking somebody else's truth. Not. I'm not talking great truth. I'm talking about. Is it important to find real truth? Do you think that's important? You do. It's important. I don't think. Personally, I don't think that you can, uh, well, one of the questions I said, how do you respond to this cultural pull? You cannot respond in any kind of way that's, that's, that is uh, uh, 
advantageous for anybody if you don't know some kind of moral truth. If there is no moral truth, if you have no system of truth, you've not figured out a truth, what is true? If you haven't figured that out and figured it out for yourself, you cannot combat anything that the, that the cultural left or whatever you want to call it, anything that they do. You, if you don't know a moral truth or you don't have a psychological truth, you don't have a biblical truth, whatever it is, a truthful narrative, how are you going to stand up against something that is coming through your TV? How are you going to do that? Or will it look, because they don't promote it to make it look garbage, they promote it to make it look good. You know, they, they are indoctrinating little girls with the idea that you can look like this if you do this, 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 and this. What do we know? That's not true. Right? We know that's not true. You're not going to be, you're not going to be five foot three, blue eyed and blonde hair. Everybody's not going to be like that. It looks like it. When you, when you watch pop culture, it looks like it. They're promoting different kinds of mindset, promoting self-will, self-pleasure, all of that stuff, and makes looks like, looks like, well, maybe I can, maybe I can aspire to that. Yes, ma'am. What were you going to say? No, we don't. Yeah. The last sentence says, don't have anything to do with them. So every one of us has to figure out at some point, how am I going to navigate this? What am I going to do? First thing I think, we have to know what there is. Is there a truth? You know, if, if you don't, if there's a, hold on just a minute, Cheryl. I'll get to you in a second. If, if you don't understand that there's something wrong with a movie that comes out, if you don't understand, if you don't research out what's the truth here, is there a truth here? You know, you may not like what you're going to find out. You may not like what it says. You may not like what your what 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 knowledge is going to give you. But when you find, I know we talked about the Barbie movie, and I went and researched, and I did found something, I sent it to you, and said, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know, I had no idea." You know, and you find out what's really underneath the underneath all the 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 pink and all that that all that stuff. When you find out what's really there, you say. Oh, man, my kids ain't going to see that. I don't care how much they promote that. You know, that's a truth. I found out what the truth is. Here's the truth. They don't want you to see it. They put it, they they, nap, they cover over it to make it correct, make it look acceptable, make it, oh, man, it's going to be wonderful. They do all these commercials and everything, and underneath you say, oh, my gosh, this is awful. This is terrible. You know, I ain't going to promote this. You know, and then you wait for the next one to come up. What's the next one going to be? There's going to be another one. So anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you those two questions. Now we're going to move to verse 7. Uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I want to go through through this. I'm going to go 7 through 9. L listen to what he said. Uh, always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. This is what we've talked about already. You know, finding out what the truth is. I, I told you last week uh, that, that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, and they, they, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. There is a truth that God demands us to find, that he, that he pours out from the book. It's our responsibility to find it, and it's our, our responsibility to fall in love with it, to fall in love with the truth. And we talked about that some last week. Now, I want, and he said, just as Janus and Jamfries opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. If you, if, if you ever, if you, those two names, Janus and Jamfries, are nowhere else in the book. Nowhere. Jewish Tradition says that they were two of the magicians that opposed Moses in Egypt. Okay? And then when the when the Israelites left Egypt, they went with them. That's Jewish tradition. 
You can't find that anywhere. That was just what the traditional thought of Judaism said, that these were two guys that promoted the, that, that were, and if you, if you go back to the plagues, they duplicated four or five of the plagues. Got to a certain point, they couldn't do them anymore. I think it was when the gnats were there. They couldn't, they couldn't make gnats. They couldn't do that. But they, you know, when, when Moses, when Aaron throws down the staff and it becomes a snake, what do they do? Throw theirs down there and it becomes a snake. They were magicians, okay? And they, and they worked a, 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 maybe a supernatural power from Satan. I don't know. But they, but they could do certain things, all right? Tradition says that they left with the Israelites and became proselytes, which is they, they, and then that part of the, the reasoning of the golden calf was these two guys were involved. I can't prove any of that. I'm just telling you what I've read from commentary that said this was, and I read four or five, and every one of them went to the same place and said this was Jewish tradition, that this is who they were, okay? And that they were killed with the 3,000 when when the Levites went in amongst them and killed everybody. They, these two guys were killed then, okay? That's just, that's just tradition uh, from Judaism. I just wanted to put that out there. You know, like I said, don't hold me to that because I don't know it's true. I just know you can't find these names anywhere else in the book. Nowhere. These are the only time you find them. And it was, and tradition says they were two, they were two Egyptian proselytes that were magicians that were part of that, that whole, anyway. All right. Now that that's out of the way. So it said, they are men, de, men of depraved, just as Janice Jamboree opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected, but they will not get very far because, as in the case of these men, their folly will be clear to everyone. How do you recognize, how do you see clearly when you see a someone that opposes God, opposes truth, how do you, what happens to the point where you start to see that that unfolded, the, 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 the error of it? Can you get to that point? It says that their, 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 uh, their, Casey, their folly will be clear to everyone. At some point, at some point, you'll start to see the negativity of it. You'll start to see the error of it. But you have to know enough truth to start to know that. All right? Look at what he says next. You, however, know all about my teaching. Remember, he's he's combating false teachers here, just like we are. We're going to get to some stuff here in just a second, but look at what he said. He said, he said, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. What kind of... What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecution I endured. Yet the Lord has rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Tell me what you think. I got a couple of things. Tell me what you think. Paul says, wait a minute. Who are you going to judge them by? Who are you going to gauge them by? If you got nobody else, who are you going to gauge them by? Who are you going to gauge truth and lies about? How, how are you going to gauge them? He said, use my life. What he said, use my life. He said, you know what my teaching was. He said, you watch what I said. You watch what I, you watch my patience, my love, my compassion. Look what he said. He said, you watch my patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. You watched all of that. You watched my life. Gauge their lives by mine. If you remember, and I think 1 Corinthians chapter 11 or 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, follow me as I do what? Paul's telling the church corner, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you say that? Can you say that to your children? 
Can you say that to your adult children? Can you say that to people that you work with? Can you say that you follow me as I follow Christ? You better have your ducks in a row you start talking like this, okay? You better have your ducks in a row because they're going to challenge you. They're going to challenge you. You know, I, I, I'm reading a book that Cole gave me, and in it, it's called Spiritual Warfare. And in it, there's a this author says that he came upon a, a, what, a Satanist, and the Satanist was trying to convince him to follow Satan instead of following Christ. And and the guy said, I'm sorry, but I don't follow losers. He said, your boy lost. My guy won. I don't follow losers. I follow winners. And I thought, wow. You know, if, if you want somebody to follow you, and if you're following Christ, you better follow the right way. I mean, you better lead the right way. You better be able to say, watch my life. Let your children say, what? To say to your children, you watch my life. You can't see Jesus. It's kind of it's kind of not clear. Then watch my life. But you better be, and that's not arrogant, okay? That's that's being confident in in knowing the truth and following the truth. Say so you're going to be persecuted. Let them watch the persecutions unfold in your life. You think you're going to be persecuted? Have you been persecuted in your life? Have you? Yes. They have. Tell me how that persecution, how that unfold. What happened? At work. At work. How how did that how that work for you? Had to stand up. Had to stand up. Yeah. Did people make fun of you? Did they criticize you? Did they did they laugh? Did they uh, did they poke fun at you? Did they do all those things? Did they? How did it work? You had to stand up. What 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 was the cost of that? Being separated from. Them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew who I was following, so. Okay. After a while, it's not so bad. After a while, it's not so bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Have you been persecuted? Remember, there's people in here that don't have a clue what we're talking about. They're looking around and saying, man, I'm just trying to put one step in front of the other every day. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make a living. You know? Huh? Where I used to live at, we're, when I stand up, oh, well, uh, I'm <coughs> they prostitute me, and they made me move out. So you lost your apartment? Yeah, I lost my wife left. Because of the stance you took. Yeah. Because of you stood up for Christ and said, I can't do that stuff, the things they were doing, right? Right. They were they wanted you to be to be, participate in the things they were doing. They wanted me to do alcohol and drugs and all that and that. And I told them, No, I am not going to do that. I don't do that. Because I am a Christian, I believe in God and like that. And then they laughed at me and they called me names like that and said then no more in pray. And, and guys, this isn't 10 years ago. This is 10 days ago or a month ago that this happened. A couple of months ago is when this happened. He took a stand for Christ and he got beat up over it. Not literally beat up, but beat up psychologically and spiritually, emotionally got beat up over it. Taking a stand. Okay? So how did you how have you been persecuted? And I'm gonna, I got a text I'm going to read to you in just a minute. I want to I take you to a text, but I want you to see it. But, you know... I want to ask you, this is all about that these people, it says that that they these teachers oppose the truth. You walk into some into some situation, Mark has talked about it, Cheryl's talked about it, other Vince has talked about it. I haven't had any women talk yet. You know? I oh I know Ginger has. Ginger had to stand up for what she believed in, and it caused her some great grief. And, and it, but but it was but it, but it, they caused you grief because they did call you names over it, okay? Yeah. They did. 
So behind your back, keep your hair. Yeah. And you've heard me talk about it causing problems within my family. You know, ostracizing me from my family. Yes, ma'am, Carmen. But if the truth is is planted in our brain, if we're if it's burned in us, it's gonna take precedent over what's happening other outside of that. You understand what I'm saying? If if you if you look at the truth and say, I'm going to be honor God because this is what he said and I know it's true. Do you know for sure that what we teach, what Cole's going to teach, that is true? Do you know it's true? Or you just believe it because he says it? You just you you just believe this stuff because I say it? You study, you know. Huh? You study, you know. If you study, you know. Okay? So, I've told people before, you know, I had a guy in jail one time. He told me, he said, well, I believe. And I said, hold up a minute. Hold up. I said, it don't make any difference what you believe. It only makes the difference what God says and what you do with what God says. No matter what you believe. Well, I believe this. I believe. I don't care what you believe. All I care about is what do, what does God say and what am I going to do with what He says? If you don't know what that is, you can't apply it to your life. Yes, ma'am. Sure, I forgot about you. Go ahead. <coughs> the problem with falsehood is that it's ignorance. It's what? Ignorance. Okay. And ignorance is dangerous. Y'all hear her? She said the problem with falsehood is ignorance, and ignorance is dangerous. Being ignorant is dangerous. And that's not a, that's not a derogatory. To, to not know truth is dangerous. Because what if there's something that you should know, that you need to know, and you don't? How can it be dangerous? You know, we got ex-law enforcement right sitting back here. You know, there was, a, you know, how many times did, did somebody that you captured say, well, I didn't know. <laughs> Every time. Was that dangerous for them? Yep. Why? Because they went to jail. Didn't make any difference. They knew or not. They went to jail. You ever take somebody to jail that said he didn't know? I didn't know. It. I, I'm sorry. I didn't know. You can't take me to jail. I didn't know. I didn't know you couldn't shoot off the side of the road. Yeah, I didn't know you could shoot off the side of the road over somebody's fence and then drag it over and put it in my truck. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was against the law. How was I supposed to know? There was no sign that said, don't shoot across the fence. Don't drag the deer back over and put it in your truck. Don't do that. Yep. You're going to go to jail to get caught? That's why you have class. Like, there's a hundred safety course, uh -huh. you know, so you take that class, then you know. The, the, church, the, the the see, it shows the difference between your age and ours. Yeah. Because in our time, there wasn't no class. What? <laughs> class? Yeah, you know, this hunter safety class. You know, if daddy didn't teach you, and if daddy, you know, and if daddy was was hunting off the side of the road, guess what happened? Yeah, you all the boy. Hey, y'all laughing. My dad did it. Y'all's generation is the reason we have the class. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's our fault. Yeah, it's like our fault. <laughs> you know, like an admission of guilt. I, 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 you know, I mean, my, you know what my truth was? It must be okay because he's doing it. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. it must be okay. My truth. You see, so when it comes to spiritual truth, it must be okay because my mom or my dad is doing this. It must be all right. It must be okay to drink. My dad's drinking. It must be okay. He's a good guy. I love him. I care about him. He's drinking, so it must be okay, right? And then you find out later on, much later on, when you're faced down a ditch, maybe it wasn't right after all. Maybe I shouldn't have been doing this. 
And now you can't say anything to your dad because your dad died in the ditch. Now you can't say anything. You can't do anything because he's gone. Say, why'd you teach me this? You know, I mean, it, and I'm and I'm trying. You know, I'm, I'm, these are these are elementary things. I mean, there's other things that 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 I've seen that people have t trained their children to do and and looked at and said, you know, this is okay because this is my truth. You know, I'm unhappy, so I'm going to do this. I forget that my kids are watching, that they're trailing behind and watching, and they're following what I'm doing. So. You know, you ask yourself, have I been persecuted? Sure. You know, we've been persecuted. What did it cost? Sometimes it costs you everything. Sometimes when you succumb to it, it costs you your family. It can. If you if you give in to the persecution and you walk away, it can cost you your salvation. You know? I mean, it can cost, I've seen people walk away from God before because of persecution. Where they let Satan win. I mean, do you want to follow a loser? Listen to what he said. He said, he said they they have uh, they reject the truth. They don't understand the truth. I ask you again, how many of you are doing the reading that we're doing during the week? How many of you are doing that? About a third of the class. How many of you have found it difficult to do? Okay. I asked somebody, I think last week I said, or Wednesday night, I asked, how many of you are having a tough time navigating through Leviticus? <laughs> you know what I told her? Remember what I told her? I said, if you understand what Leviticus is written for, it makes it really easy. It makes it really easy. They lost their they lost their relationship and their connection to God because they rebelled. And the whole book of Leviticus is showing them how to get it back. That's what it's about. And then you look at Numbers chapter 1, and they got it back. I'll get it back to him. Okay? Just go look at it. And then it makes sense. Make, Leviticus starts to make sense when you understand he didn't write it to you. He wrote it to them to give them a relationship back. So they can have so they can have a connection back with him. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on here, guys, that that depends on you doing what you need to do. I'm not going to get on to you, but that you can't, you can't have. You know, I, we could, I could ask you all kinds of reasons why you aren't reading, why you're not doing this. Why, you know, and you're going to come up with all kinds of things, all right? And I'm not going to get on you, but I'm just going to tell I'm going to keep reminding you, this is important, guys. It's important for you to develop a habit to read, a habit to learn. Do you believe, because in a, in a, maybe next week, we're going to get, maybe even this week, we're going to get into a part where it talks about Scripture, you know, and what it, what it, what, what it's for. Listen to what he says here. He said, while evildoers and apostles will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but it's for you continuing what you've learned. And it become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And he's going to talk about, you learned it from your mom and your grandmother. Your mom and your grandmother first taught you. This is what we looked at when we first looked at this. Look at back at chapter 1. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at what it said. He said, Recalling your tears in verse 4, I long to see you so I may feel with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your mother, grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. So where did this where did this young Timothy, this young little boy, where did he learn it from? His mom and his grandmother. Who are the people he was following? His mom and his grandmother. He didn't have Paul at that point. He had a truth that you couldn't even find in a book because this book wasn't there. 
He found it from his mom and his grandmother because they lived it, because it came out of them. It oozed out of them from everywhere. A sincere faith in God. They believed in Christ when it wasn't popular to believe in Christ. Look at what's happening over there right now. Being what they are isn't popular. All right? It never has been being what they are. Being Christians has never been popular. Just wait, guys. Just wait. If you think that's an anomaly, just wait. It's coming. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in yours in my lifetime, but it's coming. And one of these days you're going to wish you knew the truth. Because when they start burning books, and this is one they start going after, and they go after it, the only one you're going to have is what's in here and what's in here. That may be the case. You know, you know we're going to come over here and watch these kids today for lunch. And, and they're, they, they're going to be running around and Kale's going to be leading them. They're going to be singing songs. And then and Kale, Cole's going to have them and they're going to be doing their memory verses. And it's going to put me, it's going to put you to shame. You're going to look at it and say, oh my God. If I could only memorize half of that. What they're, these little bitty kids. Little bitty kids are learning, are memorizing. And we won't even read. We won't even read. Shame on us. How are we going to know the truth? How are we going to combat what people are telling us? What happens? What happens if uh, if uh, you get an opportunity to go see some speaker somewhere? Go see the speaker, man, well-known, prominent speaker. And how do you know if they're teaching the truth or not? How do you know? What if they aren't? What if they aren't? What if you go and you get indoctrinated and couldn't even tell if it wasn't the truth or not because you didn't bother to go to somebody and say, "Tell me what's going on." I had somebody come to me about somebody the other day, and I told him, I said, let me send you to this, this, and this, and you, then you make the decision for yourself. And it was about a female preacher. It was awful, man. The things that person was teaching, and people were just, I mean, they were salivating over her. How are you going to know? If you don't know the book, somebody's going to indoctrinate you with the book. That's what he was telling them here. You don't, these people don't know the truth. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about what you know is truth. They don't care. They're going to they're gonna pervert it because they don't understand it, and they don't want to understand it. Our job is to know what is it saying. What, is, what do I need to know? And look at what he says. Look at what he says here. He says, uh, he says, uh, verse 10, And now from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now listen to what he says there. All Scripture... Is what? God is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the Spirit of God may be thoroughly equipped, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why did he give us the truth? Why did he give us why do you think he gave us the book? Why do you think he gave it to us? So that he can equip us through the book with every good work, for every good work that we do. To figure out how to do this. I want to take you to a text. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. My mistake. 2 Peter chapter 1. And then it's just so timeless. It's timeless. It's timeless? Generation after generation. It still pertains to no matter how the world is. Now, my mistakes. First Peter. I just found it. First Peter chapter 1. And verse 10. 
1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. This is what it says. Now, what did he say? He said, all scriptures God breathed. It's all God breathed. That means God breathed it into people. He gave it to them. He inspired them to write. You know, you have you have uh, 66 books of the Bible. 40 different writers. Over the span of about three or 4,000, maybe 5,000 years, they wrote it. How come you can't find, absolutely find logical, blatant errors in it? How come you can't? If you have 40 writers writing about the same events, how come you don't have any mistakes? Because, because 40 writers didn't write it. Only one writer wrote it. Only one. What does he say? God breathed it. All scripture is God breathed and profitable for all of this, for, for teaching, correction, for training in righteousness. So what should I go for my standard? I mean, if I want to find out what the what the penal law is about about hunting across a, across a fence, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the penal code in that county, right? Or the penal code in that state, you know? Or I'm going to go to a guy that's a, that's that is that is versed in that and say, okay, what is what is legal? What can I do? They go on a boat with you, right? I was watching the other day. I was watching a thing from the Bronx Zoo yesterday, and they had some people that were going to catch sand tiger sharks, and they're 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 uh, they're monitoring them. They're putting they're putting beacons on them and stuff, and seeing how. They, and anyway, and I was watching. There was six people in that boat. I counted them. Six people. You know how many of them had a life jacket on? <clears throat> Zero. Not one of them. And I'm gonna go. You know what? The first thing I thought, you wouldn't get in Dan Marshall's boat like that. You know why? Because Dan Marshall, before he starts the motor, before he unties from the dock, you know what you're gonna do? Put a life jacket on. Right? Am I not right? You're gonna. What you get in his boat? What do you know? There's enough life jackets for everybody. And he's going to have little ones for little kids if you've got little kids. And if he doesn't, he's going to go find some before you get on the boat. Right? What's the law? You're supposed to have them on, right? You're supposed to have them on. And if not for the law, because it's just right, it's not, it's a, because not having them on is stupid. Right? And besides that, all the dead people that they found around didn't have them on. That's the truth, guys. That's the truth. You you fall off a boat without a life jacket, you're probably gonna drown. That's true, right? I remember somebody jumping off a sailboat. I did do that. <laughs> wasn't my finest hour. I jumped off a sailboat without a life jacket because it was it wasn't moving until I jumped in the water. I found out that thing was moving. <laughs> he didn't have a sail up. It was just moving. And I'm telling you, I was in the middle of Lake Texana, and it's probably 300 feet deep, and I'm sitting out there bobbing like a cork. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. When he threw me a life life ring, I did not turn it down. Because <laughs> there was no way I was swimming back to that boat. I was a good swimmer, but I wasn't that good a swimmer. That that boat that boat was was moving a lot faster than I was swimming. That was for sure. So you know the the point here is is there's a truth about everything. You know what Aaron what you know for his whole life he's been working towards getting to that point. There's a truth here. You know, salvation comes. Listen to what he said. Look at verse 10. Look. Concerning this salvation, listen to it. The prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So these prophets, they longed to understand. They searched intently with grace. What were they searching? They were searching the Old Testament scriptures. They were searching to touch. They wanted to find out what they were being told, what they were hearing, what they were learning, if it was true or not. And listen to what he said. In them, it says, 
it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven even angels long to look in these things you have at your fingertips listen to me guys and if I can if I can convince one of you today to start reading some from that memory work I mean from that reading if I can convince one of you to start then I've accomplished what I need to accomplish today it says, even angels long to read what you have. Think about it. Think about it. You think, well, they're angels. They know everything. No, they don't. No, they don't. They look at you, and they don't have a clue. They long to understand. God tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, I believe, it says, angels are just ministering spirits sent to minister to those who will inherit eternal life. Us. They sent to minister to us. And they long to understand what you know. They long to understand what you have in front of you that you believe that you won't even bother to read. How are you going to know the truth? How are you going to know if some female preacher or some male preacher or some are coals telling you the truth? How are you going to know? You know what most people do? I believe it because he wouldn't talk, he wouldn't dare lie to me. He wouldn't lie to me. We've had people lie from that pulpit before. Got really quiet in here, man. <laughs> Just the truth. You have to be on your game. Don't stand before God one day and say, "Well, Dan told me." He'll say, no, 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 you don't understand. Well, Cole told me, no, they're over two. Well, Dan Marshall, no, over three. He's gonna ask, "What did I tell you? What did I tell you? What did I tell you from the book?" How are you going to know how many, you know, it's what we, I told y'all, it's what we were doing Friday night, you know, taking some of the scripture reading that we have for that week, by taking it and take, pulling it out and showing them how to connect it to other places. How do you connect these dots? How do you connect a, te a text or a phrase? So you find out, okay, what is it, what is the truth here? What is it, what am I, what is he trying to tell me? You know, he's trying to tell me that, that all of this truth has the ability to take care of me through all the situations I'm going to be in. All right, everything's there. Everything's there. You know, I mean, you know, we, we prayed about your situation, didn't we, Jared? And God show up. He take care of you. You're fun to watch. You're fun to be a part of. Watch God work in your life. It's amazing, man. You know, and and to know that that there and it wasn't fun at first, was it? We were telling you some stuff that I I, I could see it. You're I ain't doing that. You know, but it was. But it, we were taking it from the book. You know, one of the first scriptures that that we that those kids learned was First Corinthians thirteen, right? What love is, right? Don't they know that one already? They got it memorized, don't they? And that's the first thing we studied with you, did? And you know, it, what's the truth? People are going to try. Satan is going to try to undermine the truth, to twist you around to make you believe a lie. Teachers will do that to you. Society, pop culture is doing that right now as we speak. You know, there, there's there's things being said over in Israel right now. You know, I watched them. I watched them the the video footage of them kidnapping that young woman, and they had her by the hair. You know, mm -hmm. she had bleeding on her elbow, back of her elbow. They had her like this, and they they drug her and threw her in a car. You know. I said, God help us that we don't get to that point someday where that happens to us someday. God help us that that doesn't happen. 
because at the place many of us are in now, we don't know enough to be able to be strong enough to withstand something like that. We've got to get our game together. You know, he's telling he's telling Timothy, guy, he said, in the last days, there's going to be terrible stuff happening, violent times. We're in it. Just because it hadn't happened on your doorstep doesn't mean it's not happening. Get ready. Get your kids ready. Teach them the truth. You have to learn it so you can teach it to them. And then let them follow you as you as you are obedient, just like Timothy did with his mom and his grandmother. Those two ladies, Paul, Paul said, man, those two ladies are where it came from. So when you look at this and you say, you know, all scripture is God breathed. We're gonna look at this some more next week. I kind of I wanted to get to that verse. We kind of whiz through it. We'll, we'll I'll I'll cover some of that some more. But what it what it means to be God breathed? What does that what does that mean? How does it how does it navigate? How does it fit me? What do I need to do with this? I, if I like I said, if I can just convince one of you to start reading and understand, I don't care if we get all that done in a year. I don't care if it takes five years. Just put some time together to start reading. Okay. We'll see you next week, guys.